0: according to the word change me from glory to glory and i boldly say i will never ever be the same again in jesus name amen amen thank god for his holy written word we're talking about the church that christ built and in just quick review we said first of all and foremost it is a church where christ has preeminence Amen. Paul said, my preaching and teaching was all about the cross and him crucified. Praise God. But then secondly, we said it's also a word-based church. Will you come to learn the word of God? Not, let's say, today's uh, current events. Not reading from newspapers and articles and all that. But you've come here to be taught the word of God this morning. Amen. You want to know what thus saith the Lord. Praise God. Also, thirdly, a spirit-filled church. A spirit-filled church. He told them, don't you even go out there and begin to witness for me until you're endued with power from on high. And then you'll be my witnesses. So the church was established as a born-again, spirit-filled, Bible-believing and preaching, teaching church. And that's the church that Jesus Christ built. Praise God. And we should never deviate from that. Next, it's a holy church. A pure church. A holy church. The Bible says that without holiness, we're not going to see the Lord. Be holy for I am holy. And so he would establish this church. And we're going to see these same principles here in Matthew's gospel as we continue our study. Number five, as we continue, it is a praying church. Look at Matthew's gospel, chapter 12, chapter 21 and verse 12 and 13. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and said to them, it is written. My, notice, it is written. Notice how he always used the word to support the things he did. It is written. My house. My Whose house is it? Whose temple is it? Whose dwelling place is it? Amen. My house, he says, shall be called a house of prayer. But you have made it a den of thieves. So he cleanses the temple... And then he says, my house shall be a house of what? Prayer. But you've made it a den of thieves. Now, two times in his ministry on earth, Jesus cleansed the temple. In the beginning of his ministry, and this here in the end of his ministry, before he went back uh, to heaven. And he had issue with two particular groups that he points out. The money changers and those that sold animals. And the reason why he had issue with them was because they were taking advantage of the people for their own personal gain. The money changers, they knew that every Passover they had to come from different places round about to Jerusalem and they had to pay a temple tax for the upkeep of the temple and also to satisfy the Roman government. And so the money changers set up their tables in the courtyard, the outer court, and what they did was... They took the currency that they brought, the foreign currency, and changed it into local currency so they can pay the tax because that's how it had to be paid, with local currency, not with their foreign currency. So that's one group. The second group, you've got those that sold doves and sold animals, sacrificial animals, knowing they were coming from a great distance, and they're not going to bring their animals for sacrifice. That'd be these particular sacrifices that they were going to offer up before the Lord. And so they set up their camp there also, and what they did was they had all these animals prepared, and they sold them as well. But the thing is they exploited the people. Jesus wasn't concerned about the fact that they were doing what they did. He was concerned about the fact that they were exploiting the people for their own personal gain. They were taking advantage of the people. The, Christian, uh, the, the Jewish community at that time was being taken advantage of. Why? For their own personal gain. So they could become wealthy. They could become rich. We call that extortion. And that's exactly what they were doing. And all I'm telling you, when he began his ministry, he was so infuriated that he entered in. And you could see the scene that he created, t- turning over. Can you imagine all the money just flying everywhere? And, and can you imagine those that were there, the money changers, trying to chase down their money? And can you imagine all the people thought, ooh, here's a dime, here's a nickel, here's this. And they're all going after the money. And then you got all these animals just running wild there in a court yard. And they're chasing down their animals and and all that sort of thing. So there was a big ruckus that was going on when Jesus did this. But oh, he was so infuriated with these people for taking advantage of people. You know why? Because the church is not to be a house of merchandise. He actually said these words. He said, you've made it a den of thieves. Where do thieves live? Back then they lived in caves. They lived in dens. And they waited to prey upon people that were coming by with all the goods that they were going to deliver from one place to the next place. He said, you have taken the very dwelling place of God, my temple, my house. You've turned it into a den of thieves where you are robbing the people of God. You're robbing the, the Jewish community. You're really robbing God as well. And all oh, was he upset with them for doing that. Very upset. As you can see clearly, what he did. The house of the Lord is not to be used to exploit people, God's people. The church that Jesus built would be a church where God's people can gather together in one accord, where they can come together in prayer and have a powerful, meaningful encounter with the living God, where he can manifest his presence and show up among them. My house is a house of prayer so you can say number one he cleansed it which is making it pure and holy number two he said it's a house of prayer he identifies it as a house of prayer and what does he do he brings in people that were sick he brings in people that were lame blind deaf and what's he do he heals them it's a house of power he begins to heal the people there and said this is the proper use of the temple this is why you gather together To meet together, to pray, to seek the face of the living God, to believe that the answer to all your questions and the solutions to all your problems are found in the power of God's manifestation among the people. People have needs and he wanted them to meet those needs. Look at the book of Acts and chapter 4 now you recall the story that Peter and John went to the temple about the hour of prayer being the ninth hour and of course there was a man laying from his mother's womb who was laid daily at the gate of the temple called beautiful asking alms of those that entered the temple but he said fasting as I was in with John, John Peter said look on us and he gave heed to them expecting to receive something from them well Peter said silver and gold have I none but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ rise, rise up and walk and then he did and he was healed and whole And there was great joy I mean, everybody was excited Uh, you know and, and it was a wonderful miracle that took place but they were arrested for that miracle and they were absolutely tortured as a result of this and they were told don't you preach and teach anymore in this name now can you imagine that religious people being that way when they saw this man who had never walked you would think there would be joy unspeakable you would think they would be so excited for the man but no they wanted to persecute Peter and John for doing this notable miracle in the name of Jesus and so they threaten them like we're being threatened today in our society like we're being threatened today in our in our government telling us don't watch what you preach you, you know you never thought the day would come but the day is upon us right now my brother and my sister i'm going to say this i'm going to say it until election time don't vote your party vote the party's platform study it find out what it stands for what it means and i'll tell you what if you're a christian you are obligated to do so. And God will hold you responsible. Find out what your party believes in. And what it stands for. And if they want to kill babies. You think about it. Right. Study it and find it out. You'll find, you'll find the truth. And it'll make you free. God will hold you responsible. I'm just telling you that right now. No, regardless of who gets in. No matter who gets in. Your vote should be your biblical Christian conscience. Based on your knowledge of the platform. And what it stands for. Period. And if anything is going to get God out of the government, trust me, you'll find it there. Okay? Now, here they are threatened. Don't you preach. Don't you teach. Can you imagine them coming in here and just saying, hey, you can't preach from the book of Leviticus anymore. Can you imagine that? Hmm. Just a side thought. And being let go, they went to their own company. This is my own company. I love my own company. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love being among people of like precious faith. You're my own company. Amen. Hallelujah. And what did they do? Reported all that the chief priests and elders said to them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God in one accord. They lifted up their voice. They lifted up their voice in one accord. Every single one of them that were there. So you could say corporately, they began to cry out to God. And what did they say? Lord, you are God. God. The government's not God. Politicians are not God. The religious leaders are not God. You are God. Praise God. You made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that in them is. Who by the mouth of your servant David said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. Of a truth against thy holy child Jesus whom thou hast anointed. Both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel. Were gathered together for to do whatever thy their, their counsel and hand and counsel bef- determined for to be done. And now Lord, and now Lord, look what's going on. Are you there yet? Look what's going on in our country right now. Look at the madness that's taking place all around us. Think about it. Everywhere you go that's all you hear about this craziness that's going on. It's all, so much demonic all this killing. It's all... Who comes to steal, kill, and destroy it's but the devil? Inspiring people to do all the craziness that we see happening in our country today. He says, Now, Lord, behold their threatenings. Grant unto thy servants that with all boldness. This is a house of prayer. Here we have God's people coming together on the other side of the resurrection. And they're being challenged. And they're being, what? Persecuted. And they're being, what? Threatened That's a result of what the miracle that took place. And now they... What do they do? They don't go to a plan... They go to the living God and they call upon the king of glory and they say, look what's going on. Look what's happening around us. Grant to us boldness that we may speak thy word. How? By stretching forth your hand, a heal and signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. That's church. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spake the word of God with boldness. Hallelujah. The church is a spirit-filled church. The word, it's a word-based church. It's a Christ-centered church. Praise God. It's a holy church. It's a church that prays. What are we going to do now? We're going to pray, praise God. We're going to pray and believe the hand of God is upon our government. It's upon our nation. It's upon this assembly. It's upon all of you. It's upon our children. It's upon our families. We know where the answer lies. It's in the King of Glory. Hallelujah. Lift up your eyes and and see where your help comes from. The hills, He, the Lord of Glory, is is the help that we need in our lives. Individually, in our families, in our body. And also in our government. We need God infiltrating it. Amen. Well, how's he going to do that? We got to make a highway for him by coming together as a house of what? Prayer. A house of prayer. Believing God together. Now that's church. The whole place was shaken where they were assembled together. Why? Because they knew they couldn't succeed any other way. Hallelujah. I believe it's time to get back to church being what church should be. I'm talking about the whole church, the whole body of Christ. Not having a form of godliness denying the power thereof, but believing that when we gather together like this, during our time of worship here today, praise God. I know you sense the presence of God. I know God did something on the inside of you. Amen. Well, as a result, of course, of Jesus healing the sick and setting the captives free when he brought them into the temple, we see the next phase of this. That power of God that was in display and demonstration moved the people to the place of what? Praise and worship of God. Next. Next, the church that Jesus built is a worshiping church. A church that knows how to praise the living God. Hallelujah. Look at Matthew 21 once again. Notice this. And the blind and the lame came into the temple, and he healed them. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were so happy that they began to spread it abroad. They called the Beaver County Times. The Cleveland Plain Dealer. And they put an ad in. Looking for a cornhole. Game. <laughs> okay. I'm, 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 let me back that up. The leaders were sore, sore displeased. And said to him... Hearest thou what these say? Can you hear what they're saying, Jesus? Jesus said to them, Oh, yeah, I hear. But have you never read? Notice how he always goes back to the word. Have you never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise? There it is. The house that Jesus built is a house that's pure. Purity. It's a house of prayer. It's prayerful. It's a house of power that heals the sick and sets the captives free. It's a house of perfected praise. You praise God for who he is. You praise God for what he does. He saves the sick. Praise He saves the lost, He heals the sick, He sets the captives free, He meets the needs of people, He restores marital relationships, He brings back wayward children, praise God by His power and might and glory, He delivers those that are abound and afflicted, what does He do? He causes families to come together in unity, harmonious love, what does He do? He meets the need of every individual person, not just temporarily here on this earth, but praise God eternally because of the sacrifice of His Son. And what does that do? It drives you to a place of worship. Praise God. Praise is an outflow of gratitude from the heart of the person that knows him as Savior, deliverer, healer, baptizer with the Holy Ghost and fire. Beloved, we are here not to be entertained, not to play church, not to extort people. We are here to invite the King of kings and the Lord of lords to come here among us and show up and show off. Right here among us. That's why we're here. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. We want our young people to expose to the presence and power and the glory of the living God. So much, so praise God, it's irresistible to them. Well, look at John's gospel chapter 4. Now remember, John's gospel was written at the end. It's the last gospel to be written. And the reason why they appealed to John for this, because many at that time denied the deity of Christ. And so, of course, he wrote it. And that's why the whole book of John is all based upon the deity of Christ. And In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, etc., etc., right? So he came and he wrote his gospel to really proclaim that Jesus is God manifest in the flesh. You think God manifest in the flesh would extort anyone? Can I meddle a little bit before I go on? How many would give me your permission to meddle? The rest of you? The church of the Lord is not to be used to, to exploit people. Yet, in our circles, even Pentecostal circles, put on your television and you hear so much of this. It's the year 2016. I had a dream last night. If you send $2,016 to support this ministry, you'll be debt-free in a month. What do you call that? Did you ever notice they never have John God showed me in a vision last night, John 1 1. $1 and 1 cent. No, it was Psalm 9116, $9,116. Send it in today. And you'll get blessed. Oh we've gone through. In Pentecostal circles. Charismatic circles. We've gone through all kind of. You know what I'm talking about don't you? Or they send you something in the mail. Like this little vial. But there's nothing in it. If you want some water from the Jordan. Send it back with your hundred dollar check. And we'll make sure you get water. From the Jordan River. What am I supposed to do? Drink it? What's it going to do? For me? You ever notice some of that? You know what that's called? Taking advantage of God's people under the guise of religion, under the guise of devotion. Right? Playing on the emotions of people, saying, if you really love God and if you really want to be delivered or set free or healed or provided for, then go ahead and do all this. We could meddle even a little bit more. And this is my own personal thing. When I went to my minister when I found out some things when I got saved about the Bible. And I asked, how come we pay, we're told to pay for these particular services to get our loved ones out of this place of suffering so they can go to heaven at some point? And we give money for this when it's nowhere found in the Bible that when a believer dies, he goes to a place of suffering before he can go to heaven. And I waited for an answer. And my answer was this. Now that you know that, we won't charge you any money. But, and there was a but, but the church has to make money somehow. That was my last straw. That was it. When I heard that, I said, you know, there's no place where you suffer for your sins that were not satisfied you see the suffering wasn't satisfied enough by christ you've got to suffer for your sins for a certain season and then you're released and there are certain things that you can do to make it quicker to release quicker so you know that that's not true and there's no such place but this is only to what for the church to make money what do you call that extortion exploiting people because you see they're afraid Can you imagine if Jesus would have been standing there listening to that? What he would have done then? Beloved, I guarantee you. I can ask Chuck to go into his office right now and pull out 26 backpacks. 26? And bring them in here. Because when we said to you that we're having an offering or you can give or you can bring a backpack for these kids that are in need. That are going back to school. And by the way, every one of them are going to Neal Elementary School in Midland, to help children that are there that might be in need. And it's all because of your giving. That is exactly where the money goes. When we said that this offering is for the building to be paid for, the building's paid for. Aren't you glad? And not one cent went anywhere else. If you say this is given to, let's say, missionary outreach, the, the, the outreach that took place in New Mexico, how much was that, by the way? or $24,000 whatever you put towards that project every penny went to that project and ministered to the needs of people, every penny and you can be assured of that, trust me I'm in my office, Rose's office is right by mine and when she's a penny off, I know about it (laughs) Chuck knows about it more than anybody else. And scurrying back and forth, all I see is, where's that penny? Where's that penny? Where's that penny? Where's that penny? And finally, after maybe an hour or two or three or whatever, Chuck comes, I found it. And guess what? I I, I don't mean to burst your bubble. Many times it was the banking institution that made the mistake. Am I right, Rose? Mm -hmm. They were off. They did something wrong. So I just want you to know that we're up front. And what you give to, that's where it goes. Amen. So you can trust everything that's being done is on above board. Amen. I thought I'd throw that out to you. Hallelujah. Uh, look at uh, this. Where are we at? You, you remember the woman at the well? And, and she, Jesus gave, she, Jesus asked her to give me water. And then he received the water and she was just shocked and amazed that that he would even ask a woman how is it that you being a jew i'm a samaritan that you would even ask me to give you anything like some water well then jesus kind of ignored all that and just read her book read her mail told her about how many times she's been married how many times who she's living with right now is not married not your husband etc and she was stunned right then the woman said to him sir i perceive that you are a prophet our fathers, now look at this, she goes right immediately, I want an answer been thinking about this for a long time so I'm going to ask you, you must be a prophet our fathers worshipped in this mountain and you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship Jesus said to her, woman believe me woman believe me woman, believe me notice what she's asking where are we supposed to worship in this mountain where the Samaritans worship? Or in that mountain, in Jerusalem, where the Jews worship. Who's right? I want an answer here. She wanted to arm herself, see? So she can say, we're right, you're wrong. And what does Jesus say? Woman, believe me. The hour comes, and now is, when you shall neither in this mountain, nor at Jerusalem, worship the Father. You worship what you know not not what? we know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshippers of God shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth for the Father seeks such to worship Him God is a spirit and they that worship Him must must worship Him in spirit and in truth beloved I want you to know the hour cometh the hour now is the hour is here right now we don't have to bring a sacrifice an animal or a dove or a pigeon or a turkey or anything else All we have to do is bring our heart filled with praise and offer the sacrifice of praise to God. His temple, his house is to be a house of purity, prayer, power, and perfected praise. And so this aspect of the ministry, when we come together like this, God wants us to praise from the depth of our souls. Can you imagine what we've been delivered from? Can you imagine on this wonderful property that we have, we bring all these sacrificial lambs, have to cut their throats and and take their blood. We don't do that. You don't bring your pigeon. You bring yourself, you bring your heart, you bring your gratitude and thanksgiving before the living God and you voice your praise on high from the depth of your soul. And guess what? If you don't do it, a rock will take your place. Look at the book of Hebrews. I'm sorry. Look at Luke 24. In Luke 24, this is before Jesus ascended. Remember, John wrote many years later. And this is what Jesus said. He wrote about what Jesus said. True worshippers of God worship him in spirit and in truth. But now notice this. After he was ascended on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany. And he lifted up his hands and blessed them. It came to pass while he blessed them. He was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And were continually in the temple extorting people. Thank you, Aaron, for your translation. I appreciate that, and I receive it. They were continually in the temple. What? Praising and blessing God. Amen. Continually. So if all we did coming here today was, I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. They were praising and blessing and praising and blessing and praising and blessing. Reading scripture and praising and blessing and praising and blessing. That's what they were doing in the temple. That was the proper use of the temple. Look at the book of Hebrews chapter 13 verse 15. The book of Hebrews is a wonderful book. What it does it reveals to us. The end of the old covenant. And the beginning of the new covenant. And also it talks about Jesus being better. In the beginning, Jesus is better than the prophets. Jesus is better than the prophets and the uh, the fathers. Jesus is better than the angels. Jesus is better than Abraham. Jesus is better than Moses. Jesus is better than the temple itself. And the list goes on and on. Jesus is better. Jesus is better. Jesus is better. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice. You see, the therefore, that's what it's there for. Jesus is better than any sacrifice that was ever sacrificed from the beginning of any sacrifice that was made to, uh, to appease God. For example, go all the way back to the, to the sacrifice of Abel. No matter how many sacrifices that have been made from the time of Abel, right on through all the realm of human history, all the blood, if you can imagine the the millions of gallons of blood that were shed to satisfy the living God, all those sacrifices put together could never compare to the one sacrifice. Jesus' sacrifice is so much better than all those sacrifices. All we have to do now to come to God by Him, therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name that's the sacrifice his temple is a house of what worship and praise where we offer only the sacrifice of praise why Jesus abolished and superseded any sacrifice of the old covenant and thank God all we have to do is come and shout our praise not too hard to do look at the thing I wrote out there for you from John Gill's uh, translation or commentary this is a Jewish quote in future time, that's the day of the Messiah, all sacrifices shall cease. But the sacrifice of praise shall not cease. They actually expect that when the Messiah comes, all sacrifices seek. I got news. He's come. He's come. He's here. We don't need an animal. We don't need a turtle dove or a pigeon. He's come. All those sacrifices have been superseded and abolished in Christ. What we need is what David wanted. Look at Psalm 63, verse 1. Oh God, thou art my God. Is your God this morning? You're here early, early this morning. Will I seek thee? My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where no water is to see your power and your glory. So have I seen as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because why your loving kindness is better than life. So my lips shall praise thee. How my lips shall praise thee. Why? Because your loving kindness is better than life. What's David saying? I'm apart. I'm away from the sanctuary. I'm away from the temple. I'm in a place where you remember back then the presence of God was there in the temple. The Shekinah glory was there in the temple in the holy of holies, right? He was away from that. He goes, I long to be there. I long to experience. I long to have this. My lips will praise you. I'm on a, he understood that God inhabits the praises of his, of his people. And so he's worshiping God. He's praising God. He has a longing desire. So you know what? Next Sunday, I'm going to find out exactly how deep your praise is. I'm going to find out exactly how much you love God, how much you want to worship God and express your praise and thanksgiving to God on high. When I tell you that next Sunday morning, there's not going to be any donuts. So when you come early, I want you to come early for praise. Not the donut. Can you say amen? oh it's good to have fellowship over there and to come over here but praise God I want to hear you say that was a whole lot better than the screen stick that was a whole lot better than the glaze that was a whole lot better than the, the apple whatever fritter that you had it was a whole lot better to enter the house of the Lord God Almighty a house of praise a house of worship where God showed up showed off and made his presence known among the people he spoke to my heart he touched my heart he changed my life. he got on the inside of my soul he got me on the right path once again I I was straying i was going astray i was going a different way i was getting full of pride and arrogance and this and that i was even getting to the place i was lax in my bible study my prayer time and all that i wasn't feeding myself but i walked from the donut shop into the house of the lord and the power of god fell on me and just turned my heart around glory be to god amen i'm telling you god wants to manifest himself in people's lives in great ways hallelujah and then also, look at the Second Chronicles because this is, epitomizes what I'm talking about here today. We should get so enthusiastic on Sunday morning. I'll tell you what. My daughter is sitting right here to verify this. How many times throughout the week does he say, it's almost Sunday? Andrew says, it's almost Sunday. Last night, lo and behold, I had him driving around the church parking lot. He was driving. I was praying and praising. <laughs> that curb on the right hand side over there of the gymnasium that he hit three times then he started heading toward the pole and i just said hold on the break is (laughs) i'm I'm, when i tell you this i'm so sincere when i tell you this last night is tomorrow sunday yeah oh thank god we get to go to church thank god we get to go to church It's, it's even from wednesday oh i wish tomorrow was sunday dad so we get to go to church Wouldn't that be great if every one of us came with that same heartfelt attitude? I want to meet God. I want to know God. I want to love God. I want to serve God. I want to believe God. I want to sit back in a humble way and let God manifest Himself among us. That's my heart's desire. And if it means His fire falls upon me to purify my life, if it means He has to step on my toes, praise God, then let Him do it. I am going to change from the inside out. He gave His life for me. I want to give my life for Him. Praise God. Look at second chronicles chapter 5 beginning at verse 11 and it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place for all the priests that were present were what sanctified. say sanctified Set apart for a specific purpose, okay? Set apart. Did you set apart this day for a specific purpose when you came here today? I know you did, praise God. Okay. They were sanctified. And did not then wait by course. Also the Levites, which were the singers, all of them of Asaph and Heman and Judgethon. Uh, with their sons and their brethren, being arrayed in white linen. Everybody say purified. White linen stands for being pure, purification. They were purified. Having cymbals and salaries and harps and stood at the east end of the altar and with them 120 priests sounding with trumpets. Imagine that, 120 priests sounding with trumpets. Troy he, Troy's here today. He's like a one-man band. He brings all his instruments over here. He can just fill right, right in all of that. He's got everything. Can you imagine bringing all those things together? Just like we did here this morning. And you, you've got everybody shouting the praises of Almighty God. A hundred and twenty trumpets. You know how loud one trumpet is? You don't have a child that plays a trumpet, do you? In your house, right. For practice, you don't, do you? Do you know how loud a trumpet is? Without that little silencer that goes on the end. Even with it. Right? A hundred and twenty trumpets or trumpeters. On the day of Pentecost, there were a hundred and twenty trumpeters. And they were shouting the praise of God in other tongues. Amen? And now here we have three things. You got the people sanctified. You got the people purified. And then next, it came to pass. Let's read on. As the trumpeters and singers were as one. Everybody say unified. They were sanctified. Right? Amen. And they were set apart. They were purified. Right? They're clothed in white linen. Thirdly, they are now what? unified they've come together can you imagine if we somehow just could pass out some things along the way come together sanctified come together purified come together unified as we step through those doors let's take take off the outside put on the inside praise God let everything on the outside stay on the outside and come together because we create a habitation for the living God and we want him to descend from on high and rise up from within and manifest his glory and manifest his power. Power and show himself strong on our behalf. And so we're going to come set apart. This is set apart for God this time. Secondly, we are purified. Our motives are pure. Our desires are pure. We want God. And like in a th- dry and thirsty land, like David said, I long for God. I hunger. I thirst for God. Amen. And then in one accord. Oh, in one accord. It came to pass as they made one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and the instruments of music... And praise the Lord saying, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. That's the song. I said, that's the song. Not too wordy. But that's the song. Not too wordy, right? Everybody say, for the Lord is good. The Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. Mercy say, Lord you, good, Lord, you are good. And your mercy endures forever. Mercy Lord, you are good. Lord, and your mercy endures forever. Mercy Lord, You say it. Say it. Oh, Lord, you are good and your mercies endure forever. Hallelujah. You are good and your mercies endure forever. Glory Glory to God, you are. What happened when they did that? Look at what it says. Then, then, the house was filled with the cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priest couldn't stand a misery for a reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. What filled the house of God? The glory did. Oh, my beloved, we live in a time right now, and I saw this happening years ago, when I saw all the changes taking place within the the, the ministry of the church. We want to bring these songs in that's going to really entertain our young people, because it's going to really have the young people stay, and really want the, the things of God. Let me tell you something right now. There are three things that will create the move of God. Three things, okay? Number one, the word. Number two, prayer. And number three, the Holy Ghost. Did you hear that? prayer the word and the Holy Ghost prayer the word and the Holy Ghost we've tried programs you've got all the new psychedelic this the psychedelic that the lighting this the lighting that and all that sort of thing I'll tell you what it's time to roll up our sleeves get on our faces get before God and say the time has come to get back to the basics of Bible truth and that means we are to pray to seek the face of God like they did in Acts chapter 4 and we are to believe God together and speak and proclaim the word and invite the Holy Ghost to come in and manifest himself among us and show himself strong to touch a heart change a life save the lost heal the sick set the captives free and get people walking on the right path once again because you know what's proven out to be true you can't keep those young people with entertainment you can't you bait them with that i'll tell you what you can't keep them with that because they want more and more and more and more god is the way he is he doesn't change amen hallelujah well let's kind of close this out if that's possible that was a perfect example of God's presence manifesting itself among the people. When what? When they prayed and sang praises to God. Hearts that were pure. Hearts that were set apart. And hearts that were unified. Knit together. in love. What do you want? What do you want? As a body of believers, what do we want? Do we want to come together and let God show up? You want to come and worship him until he, as the song used to, we used to sing, the song I'm going to sing until the glory of the Lord comes down. Amen. That's what church should be about. That's the church that Jesus built. And the last point that I was going to make today, and real quickly, I'll just go over it. It was a soul winning church, a soul winning church. You know what, saints, it's time to get back to soul winning. It's time to look at the person next to you where you work or standing where you work or wherever you may be in life and start saying, Look, let's read the scriptures, Acts chapter 8. Look at this. That's a lost soul. I admire my Andrew so much for just being so persistent with this kid named Anthony. Here's the problem. When I talk to you about Anthony, and my Dante will confirm this as well, we only knew his name. One day. Dante saw Anthony. Anthony is big for his age. Big, long hair, husky, husky like this here, and little Andrew. You need Jesus. You're going to be left behind. You're going to burn. I'm telling you the truth. So they said I'd be as scared, afraid of him. <laughs> Are you kidding me, Andrew? You witnessed to him? Uh huh. <laughs> I saw him. And I, I did a double take. We're, walk, we're driving through Beaver, and all of a sudden he's standing on the corner. He said, "There's Anthony, Dad." I went, "What? I thought it was a man. I, I thought it was a full-grown adult." I'm telling you the truth. I said, "That's the kid you witnessed to?" Went, yeah whoa and for those of you that don't know he comes from a family of atheists okay that's where he comes from a family of atheists and he's been taught there's no god god does not exist and every time andrew's tried over the over the whole period of time for two years probably to try to talk talk to him about it i don't believe that god exists but he's been just like how the word is like a hammer he kept hammering away and hammering away and by the way when i went down there after i shared that with you come on up here praise god after i shared that with you guess what he said You forgot to say that now he's starting to pray. I said, He's under conviction. We'll close by reading these scriptures. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. Who did he preach? Christ and the people with one accord gave heed to those things which Philip spake hearing and seeing the miracles which he did for unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of men that were possessed with them and many that were taken with palsy and were lame were healed and there was great joy in that city praise God we'll pick it up over there probably next week Lord willing but it's also a soul winning church and you know what you're not going to win souls without the power of God on you praise God let's all stand together before the Lord hi Pastor Bill here I want to thank you for joining us today just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I opened the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I now accept you and receive you as my personal Savior and Lord. Heavenly Father, I have called on the name of Jesus. I'm now your child in Jesus' name. Amen